Welcome back in, ladies and gents, to another quest to Valhalla. Me, Chase Green, and my boy, Mike Piper. What's up, my dude? Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Chase. <laughs> yes. How you doing, brother? I'm great, dude. I'm actually um, almost to the point of sickness from Oof. from fullness. Oh, like, because <laughs> because of the wonders that are the Fat Boys Roadside Eats mm. burritos. Mm. In my burrito today, I had the combination. And these things are ginormous. I'm going to describe like let me describe the the size first. All of Please those, do. all of the si- all the things that people talk about from different countries of how disgusting sample size or portion sizes are <laughs> for Americans and the things they eat in combo. This is the place. This is like <laughs> this is the place they would go to like off the side of the road on you know it's it's a it's a trailer slash food truck i guess i mean it was like a food truck without wheels kind of mm-hmm. um they they used to be a food truck and they just supplanted and they just bought this space where they can have dining in where actually everything operates through the trailer but okay. there's just a spot where you can just hang out like and you know you could eat there but there's right. no like service inside the restaurant so that's it's a little country bumpkinish but it's wonderful so let me get back mm-hmm. to the burrito Beautiful. Today, it. it was a hot chicken burrito, and inside this burrito was barbecue hot hot barbecue, which is not really spicy. But if your grandma were to eat it, she would feel the spice, but you really don't. <laughs> you know, she's like, "Ooh, this is t- you didn't tell me about this," but you're the one that's like, "This is not that bad." Right, right. Um, so you had shredded chicken. You have macaroni and cheese. You have uh, wonderfully crispy tater tots, man, Ooh. and you have like a cilantro lime ranch. Uh, you have this wonderful base of barbecue sauce as well, and then I also had a side of tater tots because they look so daggum good. Ooh. So, I mean, if I don't eat for the next couple of weeks, I'll be fine. <laughs> You're filled up and ready to go for the podcast, which is that's what I'm here for, man. Yes, love it. that's what. Yeah, I car. I mean, I legit carved up for our next four podcasts. <laughs> like I'm gonna have to go do like fasted cardio in the morning. Like, you know, I'm gonna have to look like a true weightlifter, you know, like go in with the big hoodie and you know, probably <laughs> take some like illegal fat burner. That's what I'm thinking. So it's gonna have to happen. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Sounds like you already got a game plan for. Yeah, it. so, so I'm ready. Good. I'm ready to come back. The comeback story. From a <laughs> seven pound burrito. Yeah. You'll probably feel like you just gave birth, you know, once this passes through your system. Yes. I mean, yeah. It'll, wow. Yeah, exactly. So there's your amazing intro to the Valhalla podcast, ladies and gents. Um, the roadside, Fat Boys Roadside Eats, that's Fat Boys with a Z, of course. Um, all sorts of burritos, all sorts of like, American-based egg rolls. You have the apple pie egg roll, Ooh. the Philly cheesesteak egg roll. I mean, wow. it's all you can imagine. This guy's a visionary. I mean, yeah. I, I want to meet this guy. Whoever's they, behind this menu. They've killed it. And they, they started out this small little truck that had some, like, picnic tables outside. And now they have to be a full-blown quarter-half restaurant, whatever they are. It's wonderful. It's always packed. <laughs> it's out, It's kind of, like, off to the middle of nowhere. For, I mean, like – it's not out in the middle of nowhere, you know, where it's like, oh, there's this random building, but it's like, yeah, you wouldn't expect it to be there. The Where's kid- it at exactly? So if you're near U.S. Express, the big building, right? right. Um, it's it's off Stanford Gap, just oh man, probably a quarter, maybe a mile and a mile and a half away from mm. U.S. Express. It's a wonderful place. Fat mm. Boys Roadside Eats. Got to give it a try next yeah, time I'm down I, that way. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, don't expect to do a whole lot. I mean, I'm rallying through right now. <laughs> so you're ready to go to a food coma. Yeah, that's exactly right after what, this podcast. Right after this podcast, <laughs> Daddy's going to bed. Real quick, <laughs> real quick in a hurry. Mm. But mm. I do want to talk about some great things that happened this last week. This has actually been a really good week for ball fans. And, yeah, it is, and Woo! bad for some Kentucky fans, right? <laughs> <laughs> rough week for the for the folks up north man yeah wow. the barrel is back in knoxville and it feels good to get it especially whenever this was a very significant game for the tennessee balls yeah they had to go up to lexington so what were your thoughts my brother well first things first i just want to give you a shout out because i feel like you pretty much perfectly predicted how this game was going to go out you said one of those old ugly ut versus florida like 
I don't know, 10, seven games. Um, and it's exactly what it was. You know, yeah. it was the, I feel like both teams just had really high um, expectations and energy levels um, and were really high emotionally coming into the game. Mm-hmm. And you, you kind of saw a sloppy game, exactly what we were, and specifically you were thinking coming into this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I, I really, I was super impressed with the defense, particularly in the second half. Um, and I mean, really, throughout the entire course of the game, they were able to put up, 13 but one of those scores was on a shortened field so I was really impressed with the defense I was worried particularly after Georgia State um you know not really being able to stop that triple option or that RPO yeah I was curious to see how we would respond um especially in the first quarter when things started looking rough I'm thinking oh great looks like we haven't you know really been able to stop the the run and the RPO stuff and maybe that's continued all the way up until towards the end of the season but we figured it out um we're able to stop them Garantano came in, had a really big half, um, and so overall, I was I was really impressed um, with with the effort that the Vols were able to put together on Saturday. Yeah, man, I absolutely loved it to see this gritty game where JG is our all all around just our our breadwinner as far as yardage goes, and he only had a buck eighty five. <laughs> you know, like yeah. bucks or yeah. buck, no, buck 35, 45, whatever it was. Right. Because he only had 30 yards rushing, right? And he led the team in rushing and, of course, in <laughs> passing. He he was efficient. He did all he needed to do. That, that right. That's all it was. We I feel like in a weird way um, we've kind of kept with this identity that's worked for us where our defense has just come out and changed themselves and played out of their minds and right. done everything right. You know, and I know it was tough and we're not, I mean, maybe Kelly Bryant, I just don't think he's quite as quick. No, he's as not. As we saw from Bowden. From, no. is, it, is it Bowden or Bowden? How does he they say They say Bowden. Yeah. Bowden. Okay. Tennessee fans, I think, have a hard time with that because it's yeah. the exact same way as, as Bowden. But, uh, um, yeah, that was throwing me off the entire game. Me too. So, because, uh, you know, <laughs> especially when we'll get to later, Mr. Bowden having his career not last mm. night. So what a night for him. What man. a night for some, oh God, we're going to get there. I'm excited. Already. Um, but with Bowden, you have a quickness that not many guys are going to have anyways. And with Bowden, you saw the stuff that just frustrates the heck out of you yeah. where he's not, he didn't break many huge runs, but he gets seven. He gets nine. He gets yep. five. He gets a, yep. he falls forward and gets a first down for 11. It's the crap that just wears you down. Yeah, but he can't throw worth a lick. Like, <laughs> like he had a couple of picks where I was just like, if he makes just a somewhat better pass, yeah, that could be a touchdown. Like that one that Nigel Warrior intercepted. Really, he had no business intercepting that. He nope. was it was really a blown coverage on his part, but the ball was just so poorly thrown behind the tight end that it gave Nigel a shot. But, yeah, I mean, I guess that's why he was at wide receiver and not quarterback coming into the season. You know, if he was able to have, I don't know, even a decent arm. Uh, he's got like the speed and elite speed and quickness. Like he's a crazy good athlete. Yeah. Um. One. I mean, one of the more explosive guys I can recall is playing this year. Oh, for sure. Um. In the SEC, just dynamic athlete with the ball in his hands. But, um, yeah, I thought the defense did a good job of of after they kind of figured out the first couple possessions. Man, they totally shut it down. And how big was that goal line stand in the fourth quarter? Man, humongous, uh, dude. Humongous. Oh, I'd pretty much just written it off and said, okay, we're going to have to go down the field and score. Um, you know, we'll have a minute, minute and 20 seconds. Yeah. There's no way we'll be able to stop them, you know, four consecutive downs inside the five. But our defense came up big, man. That was, I was pumped. Yeah. That was uh, one of those stops. You're like, okay, yeah, we've rounded this corner. Yep. We've rounded this freaking corner defensively yep. and figured it out. Like, yeah. with Bowden, he, did you watch any? I don't know if you saw it. Week one, Houston versus Oklahoma. Derek King, like mm-hmm. just quickness. Where yep. no matter what, you're so close. Right. But you know he makes shifty moves and just gets out of there. I mean he had yeah. he had 114 yards on the ground against against Tennessee. So it, it's always tough to to contain a guy like that. But uh, yeah, getting that stop. I, I don't I don't love their play call, but it worked in Tennessee's advantage and in their right. favor. So it works out. On that end. Yeah, it was interesting that I feel like what gave us the most trouble was when they had kind of guys going multiple directions. And on the yeah. last play of the game, they ran them both to the right. Yeah. And so our defense was totally able to key to the, I guess, to their left. And, I mean, I was, like you said, good play call for on our end, but I was yeah. expecting them to go 
with like a uh, more of a read option type deal. Same here. I, I was I, there was no no trickery, no fancy stuff at all for them. No misdirection. So uh, not the best call on Stoops in their part. So hey, former good. UT assistant, right? Eddie former Grand. UT assistant. <laughs> yes, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah that he was another. running backs coach back in the day. So yeah, that was funny. Yeah, but all these it's funny how like all these guys kind of wind up in spots that you know mm-hmm. they always kind of one some somebody makes it up to Kentucky one guy uh I mean last night to run back with Kentucky Evansville's coach was a former assistant at Kentucky for a while and you know yeah. things like that so it's crazy how these guys just kind of figure out network around these areas but for sure yeah man I was pleased overall with production other than the running game just never thought we got that established right um which, you know, there, there's always going to be those games. JG did enough. He looked solid. Uh, what did you think about Maurer? What did you think about the pull from mm. Pruitt? You know, I think I think he made the right decision. Um, I just think – I really think they tried to probably rush Maurer back too quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But I do like – I really do like the playing multiple quarterbacks. I think it's working well for us. Um, I didn't think I'd be a fan of that coming into the season. But yeah. it seems like maybe it's just giving – defense is more to plan for more to scheme for and mm-hmm. more headaches um so I liked it I felt like JG you know he, he he's he's a good quarterback he's not great he he's had his struggles early on the season but it seems like he's been able to correct most of those um and I mean he he played well enough to get us the win and I think that you know he deserves the game ball from that game if you're not going to give it to Daniel Batuli yeah or Nigel Warrior so freak, freak show um, Daniel Batuli goodness yeah, gracious but Man, I was I was very I was very pleased. I think he made the right call. I think the fact that we got out there with the W is is evidence of that. But I do like Maurer. I'd love to see more of him. But I just feel like maybe um, it was better to go with experience in this scenario on the road uh, against a pretty tough Kentucky defense. Yeah, it's funny like how mindset plays a huge factor because we've all talked about like it's just a confidence with JG and a lot mm-hmm. of it. And mm-hmm. you know he had he had preseason hype coming in. Uh, I mean, it wasn't anything touted as far as Heisman race, but you did think he was going to be a good quarterback in the SEC. Right. right. And, you know, maybe not Georgia or, you know, I know people even had some expectations for Felipe Franks because the team was going to be good. And, right. You know, you're, you're not going to be too, or even Burrow had a, a, probably a little bit more coming in. Right. Like, obviously now it's a little different ballgame. But, right. Um, once you start off bad and that and everybody played bad in Georgia State, you can give me all the crap you want about JG was terrible. The whole team played bad. We gave up the 30, defense was garbage. <laughs> hot, hot garbage. <laughs> hot, stinky garbage is what we were in that game all around. Yep. And then he played pretty bad, I thought, against BYU. So your confidence is just shook. You're just gone mentally. And that's how that happens, especially to a 20, 21 year old kid. And right. That's just a snowball effect, and it got worse and worse. Then you have crazy, crazy Vol fans saying, get the heck out of town. we got to get rid of this kid. Can we transfer him now? They're, like, picking spots for him to transfer already. (laughs) I was one of those. I was the one I was like, well, you know, he's probably going to wind up going to Rutgers with Butch or wherever Butch goes. It's a good spot for him. It'll probably be better off. And now he gets that redemption chance. He gets his his mental bell rung as far as, hey – Mauer's going to start in place of you. You're you're not starting. You're right. a three year guy. This this kid who's, I mean, Mauer's fine. Mauer's right. a, Mauer's an okay quarterback. He's got some tendencies you don't love, but uh, yeah, a it's reckless. Isn't it crazy? Like how much confidence, and then like those hey time to step up moments come into the world whenever you get shook and you get kicked, you get benched. So yeah. it's funny how that plays a role in all this in sports. And look it at really look, look at look at it now. Yeah. I mean, look at us. Look at us now. Who would have thunk that this this (laughs) false ball team could somehow, some way, Mike Piper, get eight wins? Man, I do want to, you know, not not to just continually pat ourselves on the backs, but we did say 3-0, and 3-3. 3-0 is more likely the two. And here we are, 1-0. Chipping away at it, baby. Yeah, chipping away. Um, Who knows if we'll get there. But I do feel confident. Going into the Missouri game, um, I think I love the fact that they had Georgia and Florida back-to-back coming into this UT game. I think we're going to get a Missouri team that's going to have been battle-tested the last two weeks, probably tired They're towards the tail end of the season, and then mm-hmm. we're coming off of a bye week. 
Um, I know that it's on the road. If it was in, if it was in Neyland, I would feel really confident about this game. I hate going out to Missouri to play because you really never know what you're going to get. Yeah, um, going to be cold. It's going to be cold. And Kelly Bryant, you know, he's the type of guy that he could have a you know 300 yard, three touchdown performance, mm-hmm. or he could go out and he could lay a big egg, and our defense could just steal the day. But yeah, um, I feel I feel like you know eight wins, definitely a good shot at it. Um, I I still wouldn't bet on it just because no. I think that whoever we're matched up with in the bowl game. It's probably going to be pretty good. A lot of the teams are saying, I'm like, people are saying Michigan or even Texas, Texas Kansas yeah. State, like <sighs> some pretty good teams. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. you know, we first we got to get out of the season with seven wins, which is absolutely not promised. I feel like that's probably about 50-50. Yeah. Um, I would say six wins, 50%, seven wins, 50%. Um, but, man. That bowl game, I think, is going to be tough if we are able to to finish out the season, um, yeah, and get to six or seven wins. Because that, you know, they're the committees and all that stuff are pretty reactionary. We were talking about that last night mm-hmm. when the college football playoff picture came out for uh, oh the week gosh. for week two. That's a whole other that, debate. That's a whole other debate. Uh, it's it's funny where everybody's placing is and everybody's thoughts and theories, but right. you know they're pretty reactionary. I mean, we almost like a week by week thing. So if the balls are hot, we actually do roll in and get seven wins. They're going to put us against a big time opponent because, especially you know, if it's the Tax Slayer Bowl or if it's in Memphis or if it's right. there's a, there are a couple others, they're going to we we're going to travel well. This this right. this this fan base has always travel well, even when they suck, they travel <laughs> well. Um, like our our. When we're disappointed, we want to fire coaches. We're going to go to games because that's a lot of people's vacation. They love it. They right. they just worship the ground, anything orange. <laughs> and that's yeah, that's cool, man. That's that to each their own. You know, all they can right. have at it. Right. I've not. I've not. I've only been to a couple bowl games in my life, and that was because I lived in Nashville for one of them, and uh, we ventured to one. I think, oh, maybe it was the Liberty Bowl. I went to. I don't remember which one we went mm. to, but yeah, uh, when I was younger. Anyways, back to the reality here of possibly getting a Texas, even a Kansas State. Like Kansas State, eh, they're okay. They're fine. I mean, they're going to be right. good. They've been, obviously beat Oklahoma, right. caught, caught, caught them on the wrong day. But mm-hmm. if the Vols go in and play Sam Ellinger or if we're <laughs> matched up with Coach on Coach Jim Harbaugh, yeah, like, whoa. Oof, Who would ever thought tough matchups defensively? I mean, both those teams are you know top ten teams coming into the season, and so yeah. I know that their seasons haven't maybe gone exactly the way they thought. But both of those teams have a lot of talent, and Tennessee, you know, I, I feel like we've made the most of the talent we have, and yeah, particularly on the back half of the season. But um, we're just not quite there at that level of talent, I don't think yet, and I don't, I don't think it'll take us long to get there. No, um, especially Michigan. I think you know Texas. They're always raking in the top recruits from Texas, which is one of the best states yeah. for you know high school football in the entire country, if not Hot the best. best. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, give us a year or two, I think we'll be we'll be on more level playing terms with these teams. But yeah, um, that that would be a really interesting test. I think it would be cool to see us matched up just to see how we're able to do. I think that'd be a good indicator of of just how good this uh, coaching staff is. Um, I like what we've seen <laughs> lately, but it's it's really hard to know. Um, what to expect after just a couple of years, but I think a tough bowl game might be a good, good indicator. Yeah, for sure. And I, I would like to, I'd like to get that tax slayer bowl down in Jacksonville. I always think that's kind yeah. of, that's kind of always, those are, those games are fun. I right. know I had a lot of friends go down and do that one. And then what was the one we had in Tampa? What was that? Was, I think, was that the, uh, out, the Outback? <laughs> Outback. The, okay. Outback. I think bowl, maybe yeah. it was the Outback. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. That sounds right. Yeah, and I mean, I know everybody has a blast doing that. It's kind of always one of those fun, like around New Year's time, you can take your take your peeps down there and just have a freaking blast. So I always know that everybody's had a good time in doing those. And they said the atmosphere is a lot of fun. Right. So like, yeah, those are always those are cool ones. Like you know, I always feel sorry for those people. Like besides like <laughs> the ones going to the Bahamas, like nobody shows up. Right. Yeah, I remember MTSU <laughs> played in one of the Bahamas, and there was like seven people there. <laughs> Seven people and parents to people like random like people have no idea what football like how to really play football. They're just there like oh right well, that's fun <laughs> yeah I'm on vacation I'll go watch a football game. They yeah. went to Atlantis and they heard that you know there's a football game like ah we might stop on by you know yeah, yeah. seven dollar <laughs> ticket yeah cool 
It seems uh, cool. Yeah, but but I always feel bad for like I think there was one like oh the the, the, the ones that I get a little frustrated with were the El Paso Bowl. I would be so pissed <laughs> if I got sent off to El Paso in January because it's, it's still yeah. a little, it's, it's a little chilly at night. Right. El Paso is not the most beautiful city. Not to hate <laughs> on the people of El Paso because I have multiple, the, uh, as I do logistics, a lot of El Paso cares. They're great people. They're wonderful mm. people. But mm. the city itself looks like it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, but anyways, I just wouldn't want to go there as a, as a college kid being like, yes. Let's Bowl go game. to El Paso. Or going to El Paso or Mobile. <laughs> no, Let's go north. Yes. <laughs> El Paso is not Mobile. But no. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> no, thank you, Mike Piper. No, thank you. I don't you don't want to spend your Christmas vacation in Mobile, Alabama? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. The state of Alabama for me is just not a place I want to go. It's not. I went we don't down. give a dang about the whole state of Alabama. Not man. a dang, man. <laughs> And I went down to see my one of my best friends, Kevin Revis. He's an offensive line coach at Jacksonville State. Mm-hmm. And I always get – we always – our friend group goes down there once a year. We pick a game. We just kind of do the whole Saturday thing. He treats us like gold. The whole mm-hmm. program, everybody there, super awesome, super nice people. But, man, it's just a part of the country you don't want to live in. <laughs> it's That's just, the truth. That it's is just, the truth. It's just a rough part of the country that – I ain't for me. You know, I'm sure if you got roots there, you can do it. But just to move there, no, it take me. Yeah. It take a lot of cash monies for me to do that. <laughs> That's a hard pass. Yeah, but to stray on back, um, I saw you have a little fun fact in here. Speaking of Missouri and Derek, fun Hewitt. fact, yeah. And speaking of trying to gauge just how effective and um, how good this coaching staff is that we have, heard an interesting fact on the radio here in Knoxville today. Um, in the first twenty-two games of each of the regimes. Derek Dooley, Jeremy Pruitt, and Butch Jones have each gone 10 and 12. Um, so with that being said, wow. our Vol fans, myself included, maybe a little too optimistic about the start that Jeremy Pruitt has had, or do you think that he inherited the program in such a worse place than these other two coaches that maybe his 10 and 12 has an asterisk beside it? And it's like, okay, even though the start was the same, what he's, what he's been able to do with maybe less talent is more impressive. Um, but yeah. Just what? What's your thoughts? Hearing that fact, what's your initial gut reaction? Are you are you a guy that's like, well, Jeremy Pruitt, he's the future. Is the verdict still out on him, or are you like maybe he's more along the lines of these other two guys that we've had in before him? Um, wow, because I remember Dooley came in at a pretty tough time too, right? But I think that was just more like a program thing than. But I thought we had more talent then. Maybe I'm right. wrong. No, maybe I'm wrong, but no, I think that's fair. Yeah, but I, so I think it's I think all of them got there in different ways, you know. Like I feel right. like Butch was was kind of in the middle ground of that, where it wasn't as tumultuous. But then you also have a pretty good amount of talent, right? Pruitt's was maybe on the far end of both of like, who talents somewhat there. I mean, because mm-hmm. we are we are you know powerhouse sec program um you know we're a big five school great stuff but right nowhere near to what it should be what we think it should be and it was kind of in shambles in the media so i i kind of i'm still on the verdict i'm still on the the verge of do i think pruitt's the guy of the future because i see flashes i'm like man we don't even have a ton mm-hmm. of talent, and we're winning games. Right, we're winning the SEC games we should have won. Right, but then you also have to flip the switch and like, wow, we lost to Georgia State and BYU was just a rough game at home. Yeah, you got to figure yeah. out a way to win that game. But anyways, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll go on the part of I think I'm most optimistic, and I'm trying to be unbiased as far as how I thought about those guys. But I'm mm-hmm. just trying to look at the situation. I think I'm the most optimistic. If I just take their career and their 10 and 12s, I think I'm most optimistic about Pruitt's 10 and 12 than I would be the other two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think same. You know, I think probably for me, the same. Um, I'm, I'm still, I'm trying to remain not, not entirely on the fence, but not, you know, go all in on a guy that's ultimately 10 and 12 in his first 22 games here. Yeah. Um, but I, I do, 
I would lean more towards him being the guy than him not being the guy. Um, yeah. Just because I, I feel like I really like what I've seen. I do feel like we've seen player development um, in a way that we haven't seen it under previous coaches. Um, and I, I think this is the best defense that we've had throughout, you know, the last 10 years. Um, just as well, I should say, I don't know about overall, but from the beginning of the season to where we are now, just the way that the defense has grown, developed, and ultimately performed over these last three or four games yeah. really leads me to believe that Jeremy Pruitt has lived largely lived up to his billing as the defensive coach um, mm-hmm. that that he's you know came into Knoxville being credited to be. Um, so, you know, I think I think it's definitely verdict still out on him, but I do really like what Pruitt's doing. I think there's a lot of room for optimism. Um, and a lot of, of reasons to think that he is the guy. Um, but that being said, you know, the results are the results. And while I do think that his 10 and 12 maybe is a little more impressive than the other two coaches, you know, we got to we gotta continue to see for momentum. And I think these next two weeks uh, could be a big, or I guess I should say next three weeks because we got the bye, but um, could be an, a, really, a really solid indicator of the direction this program's headed in. If you see us close out November, 4 and 0. I'll, I think I'll feel really, really confident about the direction that this program is heading in under Jeremy Pruitt. If we go one and one, um, I'll probably feel about the same that I do now. And yeah. Then, uh, obviously, if you lose both games, then I'm probably going to be back to uh, yeah maybe questioning if he's the guy or not. So yeah, I know it's it's always the tough thing. Is like we all we especially in this where we are in this program, um, it's tough to not be reactionary each and every game because it seems like every game is a different journey where I watch, I mean, outside of the LSU game, every Alabama game is about the same, you know, right. you have, you, but you have these humongous moments where it's so boring, it's so boring you know, I don't, I wish to <laughs> the exception to that. Yeah. Game. Who likes <laughs> winning that much? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Oh, it's so boring. You, yeah, (laughs) no thanks. Give me a tumultuous six and six, baby. Yeah, I want fires and drama. I want all the drama. I want people burning couches after beating Mississippi State. You know, that's what we need in our life. If you're not living on that, like, because I recently have a friend, and uh, I was, she's from the north, and she was talking about, hey, college football in the South is like a humongous deal. And I was like, humongous deal. Have you ever sold your soul to be six and six? (laughs) I was like, I would, I would give up my left testicle to go seven and five. If I got eight wins, take me now. You know, I can still, I can still produce a little one with a right nut. You know, look at Lance Armstrong. He won seven tour to France with one nut. Look at all, look, look at all the things you can do. I was like, man, take, give me that back. But now, obviously, I wouldn't. But I'll think about it. Wouldn't be that hard. But I would. Yeah, I mean, it would be a tough call. Tough, tough call. I mean, but I, I would, would think about I'd it. Lose sleep. Yeah, over I, it, you know? I would. At like, I would 100% be like, I'm gonna sleep on it. I'm gonna think right. about it because this is it's fun. It, it when the balls are winning, I feel like me and my family are winning. It's just it's just a good time. It's a good ride to have. Yeah. You know, fun fun game for next segment. What would you sacrifice to see Tennessee bring home a national championship? Wow. See, that's always a tough one, especially because how much heartbreak we would go. Right. I'm going to sleep on it. <laughs> sleep on it. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. I just, you know, put that on your radar. Let's, because... let's fire that. I'm going to go in and I'm going to, I'm going to put that whenever I, I post this, I'm going to put that as a question along with it. And we're gonna get some of the best answers. We're at that. Yeah, that, we'll, let's do, yeah we'll do that, and we'll try to fire away. So find it out, and you guys, if you if you like, subscribe, listen, all that fun stuff. Tag us along with it, and we'll do this whole fun thing, and we'll see what the best best answers are. And I don't want anything crazy. Don't <laughs> don't give me like keep it PG thirteen. Yeah, PG thirteen. I'm not trying to go like super dark and creepy. <laughs> You know, I don't want any like Silence of the Lambs crap going on on here, but I, you know, <laughs> give me something fun. Um, yeah. So let's, we'll save that one for next week. That's a good one. I like that, Mike Pipe. Okay. All right. All right. But speaking of the balls winning and making me happy, our basketballs, Mike Pipe, 
What did you think about Mr. Jordan Bowden finding our new identity last night, Mm. becoming the man? Mm. Mm. Fired me up, honestly. I was... I was ready to run my hand through it. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. And for all the right reasons. All the right. All the wrong yes, reasons. Well, we've always done those for the wrong reasons. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, pumped, pumped. Great game. Well, I should say great second half. Um, yeah. The first half, I was really beginning to wonder, which I know we were in some foul trouble, but I was like, man, this team, they look a little bit like a lost puppy because – they weren't really sure who to go, like who the offense was going to run through. Bowden was out, Fulkerson was out for a lot of the towards the end of the second half, which is with foul trouble. Yep. Um, and Lamonte wasn't his shot wasn't really falling, so we just kind of became stagnant. They were shooting lights out, so we weren't really able to <laughs> stop them defensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, came out in the second half, looked like a totally different uh, team, totally different ball game, played with a lot of energy. And defended that home win streak. Yeah. But what were your initial takeaways from the game? So I'm with you early on, and people are like, "Oh, they're." And you you said it, and I'm not down on you for thinking this way. I'm just saying, a lot of people were like, "They're shooting lots out." They're shooting lots out because they were wide the frick open. Yeah. They, they were. were wide open, and everybody can talk about well. And I know a lot of people that don't. And if you're not a college basketball lover, you're not going to keep up with Murray State. But I've watched right. Murray State here and there, and I watched them a little bit because I started hearing about John ja Morant early. Mm-hmm. And you realize mm-hmm. they're really good even without him. Because, right. I mean, we've seen great players come through college basketball with bad teams, i.e. with uh, Ben Simmons, and they don't win it. Right. They don't win anything. You have to. It's college basketball. You have to have good talent around you, especially if you're Murray State. And they, they played really well in the tournament. And, yes, John ja Morant was unbelievable. That's where he made his money, and that's why he is where he is. But they're also a good team. They're a good, experienced team, and you saw that early on. Mm-hmm. They were efficient. They were patient. Um, they kind of got us out of sorts. Like you were saying, Lamonte just didn't have a shot. Comes up with a career high, 14 assists, though. Yeah. Bowden cool. finally got that. Because we're, I, I think we all think Lamonte is going to be kind of optionish. 1A, I guess, when it comes to right. probably shots. And Bowden, right. Bowden should be number two. And it, I think it kind of worked its way and how it should look because Turner took 12 shots. Bowden took 15. Pons took 10. He looked fantastic. Yeah, three for four from three, which you're not going to get that every night from Pons. So please don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I, I really like his game and I love his confidence. But Bowden absolutely showed up, showed out last night. He Every shot he took, I mean – if if you are a fan of the game and you like to watch a beautiful, beautiful jumper, Jordan Bounds got it, baby. It's smooth as silk. Man. It, he gets it's off beautiful. the floor. He, he for a for a non-jumper like me, it looks so wonderful, and I envy it so much. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you did you kind of think we found like this identity strong? But we found we found some new role. We found our roles a little bit more last night. Yeah, yeah. I think particularly in the second, you know, um, in the at the end of the first, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, be patient with this team. They, you know, they had go tos and Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield and Bone and and Kyle Alexander and all these guys um, that would, you know, in these kind of moments where the the game was tough and we were struggling offensively. You just throw it down low to Grant, or you kick it out on the wing to Admiral. Yeah, and so really, like this is you know outside of practice, these are kind of the first times where they've been tested, and they don't have an automatic or a default of a guy that they can just kick it to, mm-hmm. um, particularly in the first without bowing in the game. So I think seeing this team respond in the second half the way that they did, and for Jordan Bowden to come out and have a career high, um, I think showed me that you know. Maybe maybe he hasn't proven himself yet as being the go-to guy night in and night out. But it for me, it was a huge step in his development as a player that he was able to just take the game by the horns, you know, and just totally put the team on his back um, with some lights-out scoring, lights-out shooting from distance. So um, really liked what I saw. I feel like it's a really positive step in the right direction. Yep. Um, and obviously we've got a big game coming up against Washington. Um, that's on this, this Saturday, right? Yeah, this in, Saturday, in five o'clock. Um, Off day for the Vols yeah. football, so tune in. Tune in, Vols yeah. fans. It's going to be a good one. Because Washington's good, man. They've got talent. They've been recruiting hard right. for the last two or three years. Um, who'd they just beat? 
they meet. Did they beat Memphis? Who was that? That was Oregon. That was Oregon. Yeah, that's that's who it was. Days. Yeah, man. Who, mm-hmm. Memphis just got a big. Or Memphis, uh, Washington just got a big win. I'm just totally blanking right now. Killer, killer stat checking for me. I'm awesome. <laughs> uh, mm. I'm scorching. Great content. I know. Sorry, guys. Baylor. <laughs> Baylor. Mm. Baylor. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Baylor. Solid. You know, 16th ranked team comes out and they've looked good. Um, two wins already. You know, you can take whatever it is, however you want to look yeah. at Mount St. Mary's, the Mountaineers of of the North. But uh, yeah, Washington's good. So this has been a stair stepping test for us. You know, right. comes out first game. Asheville's not very good. What did you say they won? Like nine games, four games? I don't remember. I don't know. It was single. I think it was like four. It was it single, was single, like low single digits. Right. And yeah. then Murray State, they they lost their star, and I think they lost one other starter, but they bring a lot of people back, so they're experienced. They weren't right. big. We did we did get a little bit exposed, I thought, with their big guy. He he was very skilled. Um, he was and very large. Very large. Very large human being. Yeah. You, you ain't guarding that. With our no. with our, our younger fellas, um, <laughs> there's no Kyle there to expose with length. Um, he he had his way, and also he was he was very skilled, right? He was, yeah. I think Dane Bradshaw said at the beginning of the game, he's like, "Hey, yes, John Morant was making spectacular passes, but what I saw from this guy last year was he's got yeah. some court vision, and your boy's gonna yeah. your boy's gonna have a couple no look passes, and he's gonna look really good. And you know what? He was right. He looked really good. Had great footwork." Um, especially whenever you have smaller guys. Uh, I mean, you know, whenever I was punking around my little brother's uh, upward basketball team, that's the same stuff I did. You know, it gets right. it just gets you W's whenever you're dunking on your, you know, that's just kind of how it works whenever you're bigger and stronger. And that's kind of how he made some of our guys look because it's what happens when you're a freshman, you know. Go yeah. against these large guys that are pretty good, that can use a drop step and use their frame and know how to square up and, they got some questionable calls. I thought Folky is one of the. I think Folky is one of the better defenders as far as keeping his body straight up and down, even when he takes contact. I know they're going to call a lot of the stuff whenever you bow your arms over, but I don't think he ever really did that a lot. I thought they got some calls on that. I'm like, right. listen, man, if if that guy is not making Folky bend his arm arms over, then it's not a foul, you know. Right. <laughs> they just want to keep it close and make it fun, whatever. But uh, right. yeah, I, I was I was pleased. I mean, other than sometimes like where you saw defensively, we're we're going to struggle with some big guys that are going to be able to move. But Pons, so that was kind of what we knew coming into this game, though. I feel like yeah, you know, that we might have a hard time if a guy had a, a quality big down low. Um, and I mean, guys like Pons really impressed me defensively with his athleticism, and he had great timing on a couple of his blocks. Oh, they were nasty. Um, yeah, some nasty blocks, dude. Like stand up out of your chair, like pumped uh, up, fired up blocks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I think we kind of knew coming in. Okay, you know, we've got Fulkerson, but even Fulkerson, he's not. I mean, he's not slight anymore, but he's not like a, a huge guy down low. Yeah. So we thought that might be an area where we could be exposed, and I think that that we kind of were proven to be right on that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see as the season progresses if we're able to defend more consistently down low on the block, but got, got owned a little bit. Yeah. Granted that, that guy looks like maybe he could be playing offensive tackle for us <laughs> he sure does. if he had any eligibility left. I don't know if Jeremy wants to write him a letter or something and be like, young man, you got some quality footwork and you've got some good size. Come play on the old line for me down in Tennessee. Um, but yeah, big man owned us a little bit, but Hey, we still dominated the boards. In the we half. did. You 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 said it best. You texted me last night. You're like, just a tale of two halves, man. Just a tale of mm. tale of two ta- two halves, and it's crazy. Yeah, we we just came out, and I've always felt Barnes does a really good job at halftime. There's some coaches I always feel like they just kind of keep the same thing going. They may just you know, hey, here's what we need to kind of fix. Whatever Barnes Barnes does a really good job at halftime, in my opinion, of actually making hardcore really good adjustments. And right. now sometimes those haven't panned out. Like that happens with everybody. Right. Sometimes you're you're just not going to be one hundred percent right, but adjustments every time. But I always felt like we've been a really really good second half team, and he makes those adjustments on the fly as well as anybody in the country. That's where we are. We are. Oh yeah. And um, I, I saw that. We just found it. We were we were more aggressive. We uh, Tennessee. We were a really good. You pointed on this earlier. 
we were a really good shooting team last year because we could throw it in the block and Grant was such a focal point. You almost had a double for most teams, unless you had, there was a couple teams that could try to play him one-on-one, but if you did that, he could punish you all night. If he gets your, right. if he gets your, whoever big, uh, you know, Georgia had a couple times where they tried to play him one-on-one, screw him up. Um, Cause they've always had rotational bigs that played in the NBA and things like that. So, but for most teams, they've always had a double and keep an extra, or if not double, there's always somebody overthinking their help responsibility. So right. it's basically a double in that opinion, because that's where you get a lot of backdoor cuts. That's how his assist went up is just dump offs where he sees stuff and guys get to cut and wide open layups. And then there's always somebody having to lurk and look around where Admiral was. So that leaves Bowden and Lamonte mm-hmm. to be third or fourth options. Plus you had bone, who was so damn quick. If he has the ball in his hands, you're just so nervous that he can get to the lane faster than you can blink and move. So right. there's those those focal points are gone. And now it makes us look as if we're not that good of a shooting team. But it's one of those that we started attacking, and that's where Lamonte picked up so many assists, was he is quick and he's not gonna he's not an explosive athlete. He's not going to rise up. He's going to hit some floaters in the lane. He'll he'll he's crafty with his timing and miss miss you know like his little missteps on people and he'll get and cut little back doors. And I thought I know when they went to the one three one, he'd find in the short corner and he'd make a little half jab out and he'd do the little Jordan half spin back in the right. lane and score with the right hand and get out of there. But for the most part, he just drove, kicked, picked up fourteen assists on no turnovers <laughs> because he kept attacking, attacking. And Bowden was the same way. Everybody kind of followed suit, got to the hole, got to the hole, and then Bowden kind of opened up. And once you get hot, you get hot. And yeah. he could have launched that. There was one. He could have launched it from freaking Chattanooga. Everybody in the city with a hand in his face. And he he was going to make it. And I just we just all knew it. My roommate said it best. He's like, "This is going in no matter what." And he was he didn't even have the ball in his hands yet. Didn't even have the ball, but you just kind of knew the trailer was coming. He's like, this is, yeah. going, this is going in. Bang, right down the pipe. And I was like, this is awesome to watch. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Was... Watch somebody get hot, you know? So much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, let's move on to a little basketball's recruiting as well. We had a big day. We had a big mm. day, Mr. Pye. Big day. Yeah. All big th- day. Probably best recruiting. I mean, I would say definitely the best recruiting day that we've had as Tennessee basketball fans, probably in the history yeah. of the program. I mean, landing, you know, two true five-star guys and another guy that's a borderline <laughs> five-star. Um, huge pickup for Barnes and his program. What's your, what's your uh, takeaway? What I love you- it because it- – it's really looking more and more like Josiah James is probably going to be more than a one and done. And and that right. may be just right. a byproduct of how this team works as far as his role. Maybe he finds it. Maybe he figures it out kind of how bad Bowden did last night, uh, how Ponce has kind of come into his. Maybe it's just going to take time. And these are long seasons. So maybe he figures out a role. He really starts to execute and, picks his draft stock up. We've seen guys that literally have made millions of dollars off a couple really good SEC tourney and then or a conference tourney and then wind up doing really well in the tournament for two games. You know, what if we go in as a we'll say a seven seed. We get an upset. And then he's played really well in the SEC tournament. And then we he gets some we somehow get to the second weekend. We we're a sweet sixteen team. Let me let me let me have some fun with this. Right. Yeah, yeah. Let's dra- yeah, let's do yeah, a little dream. Let's go down the dream like path it. here. He winds up mm-hmm. being, you know, he gets to the second weekend, and as everybody knows, the first and second weekend, there's so much notoriety, and I legit feel like they get watched so much more. Everybody just loves it because even the 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 non fan loves the first and second weekends because there's just games going on all the time. It goes on your, every workstation has it on. It's just, it's just the fun thing to do. And it's, it's kind of a community thing and he's going to get, he would get a lot of notoriety and then he get, he has a huge frame, but that's really about it. That's about the only way that's going to happen. I feel like it's going to take some time for him. So now getting all these guys, you have, threats for him to use he's going to be the he's going to be the actual point guard next year 
And now he's going to be surrounded by combo two threes all over that can really fill it up. And they're going to step in. They're going to be young. And he's going to kind of have the own my role situation. So it'll be a whole different thing mindset-wise. So, like you are saying, man, this right. is a humongous day for Tennessee Vols basketball. And I just hope people really enjoy it for what it was. Right. I mean, goodness gracious. I'm just salivating over thinking about the team that we might have going into next year. If you've got Josiah James kicking it out to these three guys on the wing, I mean, Corey Walker, Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, these guys are like elite-level wingers that are going to be able to fill it up and to have a guy that's – you know, a notorious, um, notorious passer, a guy that's supposed yeah. to be a really great facilitator, um, man, kicking out to these guys on the wings. It should be a really fun, fun team in the years to come. And I think with Barnes coaching them and his, his just record and reputation for being such a great player developer, um, Vol fans should have a lot of reasons to be optimistic going yeah. into this future. Um, uh, another thing also happened player. was there's been some, Rumor mills flying around about uh, Santiago Vescovi out of, I think, where is he out of? Uruguay. Yeah, I don't know if you've heard about okay. this kid. He's a three-star. No, he's a high three-star. He's a, he's a point guard, 6'2", 175. Um, really good. I mean, he's he reminds you, I was watching a little bit of film just right before on him, you know, I know it's YouTube videos. I, I, I've seen guys look great on YouTube videos, but he, he looks good. He looks smooth. But the thing about him is he has a possibility to come in in January. He takes his official visit oh, wow. to Tennessee, I think in two weeks, and is thinking about making the option of coming in for the actual physical year of 2020. So that wow. would help us out big be kind of a Jarnell Stokes bit, type scenario, and right? We could either have the red sharp prospect or we could do the, hey, we actually need a little bit of depth. And you can see that when foul trouble comes into play. And we, we've already saw that just a little bit in the first half last night, where it'd be nice to have an extra guard come off the bench, even if he's a 10 minute guy, 12 minute guy, get some experience. Right. Already right. have some, some, some clout going in next year, just get him some, some minutes in in the second half of the season. So, yeah, and I'm loving loving all the international guys that he's targeted. I, it's, I don't know; it's an interesting story of yeah. Nelson. It's been seeming to pan yeah, out. It's, so uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of hope and optimism yeah. in there, and, and I really like where Santiago could possibly help us out, even if it's just a little something, a tool guy, if you will. So we'll see on that. Yeah. Um, also, just another fun thing coming around today. That do you see the uh, Hall of Fame tip off for 2021? Okay, so oh, no, this thing that. came out uh, just today um, where they are going to have, which it's going in as far as our recruiting has really helped us out uh, with getting notoriety among these top-tier programs because <laughs> there's going to be a Hall of Fame tip-off. This is for 2021, and they announced the four teams in it, Villanova, North Carolina, Purdue, and Tennessee. Those are your those are your headliners. Oh, it's actually going to be a small too. tournament. Uh, it's going to be at the Mohegan Sun Casino and Resort in the wonderful state of Connecticut. So it's. A li- <laughs> I was like, where is that? I was <laughs> no, bro. Or maybe New Jersey or I don't know, Oklahoma. It's Mohegan Sun. I'm nope. thinking Mohegan Midwest. Sun, baby, Connecticut. Nope. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing Naturally. like the vitamin D course, in November. Of course. Of Connecticut, so yeah. Uh, Sunsets, I think four thirty yeah. up there. You go get so, you go get you some know. chowder. You do the whole thing. It's gonna be great, great stuff. Yeah. Mm. Hopefully, it'll be the last one. Yeah, the last the Mohegans, baby. That's what you're fighting for. <laughs> yeah. That's what we're hoping. So we'll see how so, it pans fun out. Stuff. Next year, and but... uh, you had another nice little ender here. For, I like this one. Yeah. So, um, just in the news today, it was announced that Trey Smith um, was named a semifinalist to the uh, Collegiate Man of the Year. Um, it's an award that I think Jason Witten's actually the name on the award, and it, you know it's a few years old, but they try to recognize people that have been giving back to the, or I should say, players that have been giving back to the community, um, and they've named Trey to the shortlist of twenty people. So, 
big honor for Trey. Um, I follow him and I've seen him, you know, at hospitals, meeting kids, shaking hands, helping out at CARM. Seems to be a real just community guy, um, putting others before himself. And uh, they asked Jeremy Prude about today in his interview, and he, he shared a lot of the same sentiments and had nothing but glowing things to say and good things to say about Trey Smith. And we've all seen the way he battled back from the diagnosis that he had a couple years ago and the fact that he's here competing today. I think he kind of defied the odds in that. So it's good to see a guy be recognized not only on the field as he has been throughout the season, but off the field for the man and that he is and the way he represents the program. So really big, big day for Trey Smith. Really thrilled to see a guy uh, that just yeah, bleeds I love orange. It, man. That's a yeah. Well. That's big time. He's just he's a guy that's worth it. Worth every second. Worth uh, you know he, he's he's earned whatever he gets. That's that's a tough battle. Um, you you I know a lot of people. I, I I was very uneducated on his injury. I didn't know exactly how how extensive it was, but um, it's it's good to see that he is he's able to play. He's able to do his thing. These kids love football. They wouldn't be doing it. He wouldn't be battle trying to battle back from a horrendous you know, type of injury that, you know, can keep you out, could really take you out, could cause life ending injury if you're if you're yeah. if you do something wrong. Right. So uh good for him, man. Good for him. Great way to end this. Uh great week for the balls, Mike Pipe. Great week, man. Great week for the balls. And a bad week for our It makes it all the sweeter. Evansville. <laughs> huge. My boys, my twenty five point dogs. <laughs> my dude, the purple suit, he was looking swag-tastic. My, the coach, I just totally blanked on Oh, he was. Yeah, he so, was. Heck of a week, buddy. Uh, we'll see you next week. We'll try to fire it up and get the, get these questions answered. I want to know. I want to know what the people would really give up, what they'd really give up. What would you give? What would you – would you give yeah. your all for Tennessee for a national championship? Yeah. But, oh, pleasure as always. Yeah, man. It's always good to talk. What? Um, Go ahead and introduce yourself, I guess. Uh, well, I'll be at MC Green 423 on Twitter. Uh, and MC, or I'll actually be at Chaser3050 on the Instagram. Those are the places you can find me. And also, anytime you want to check out, got a national pod called the Revolution Network. Where can they find you, Michael Popper? Big Mike Pipe uh, on both the socials. Primarily spend my time on Twitter. But you, you can find me on Instagram should you choose to uh, – follow me on there but yeah big mike pipe um check me out i'll give you the follow team yeah. follow back all the way so let's talk let's sports. It, baby let's hey go. welcome to valhalla <laughs> we've done it again baby have a good one we've done it another good week all right thanks jason